What's up, everybody? You're listening to the 514 Football Podcast. I'm Joey Alfieri. With me, as always, is my father, Frank. Frank, what's going on? Hey, Joey. Doing great. How about you? How are things? Good, good. Happy to talk about an Alouette's win again. I'm with uh, my brother, Jeff. Jeffrey, what's up? Hey, I find it's always easier to do with these after a win than a loss, so I'm happy to be here. Yeah, and uh, our, well, my cousin, Jeffrey's cousin, and Frankie's nephew, Michael Gravino, former Concordia Stingers offensive lineman. Mike, what's up? Nothing much, nothing much. Having a great week so far. Uh, give us the update. College Laval, win, lose, draw. What happened? It was a, uh, let, let, me, let me explain it this way. Basically, oh, uh, I'm not, well, I am one to blame the rest, but the rest were pretty bad this game. Uh, we were down oh, 20 to nothing is. at halftime. 20 to nothing at halftime. So who set it up? Who did you play? What was uh, what was on? The oh, line? sorry. Yeah, so we played uh, Polyvalent Saint Georges. They were uh, they're basically based in Beauce. It's a high school in Beauce, mm-hmm. uh, Quebec. So it's uh, it's kind of far from Laval, but they came to us for a one o'clock game, and it was the semifinals of uh, basically the year, and the winner gets to go to the championship game next week. Yeah. Um. So we were the favorites. So we finished first in the season. They finished fourth. Um. So they weren't a bad team. They were a pretty good team. Uh, we, it was our only loss during the season was to them as well. So basically it's the only team that gave us a hard time. We went into the game pretty confident, wanting getting that revenge back for that season, um, for that season loss. But what happened was we went down 20 to nothing at half. Uh-huh. We came back in the second half, played extraordinary, was 20 to 20. Yeah. So we tied it 20 to 20. And, uh, I played football for, I think, 14 years. I've watched football for my whole life, 28. And I've coached football for a couple of years of that. And I've never seen in my life a defensive PI called on a run play. But somehow, <laughs> with 20 seconds left in the game, where we shut them out, third and 20, it was third and five. It became fourth down after this stop in the backfield. Somehow, they called PI down the field on one of our DBs to give them the first down put them in position to get the rouge. So that extra point to win the game with eight seconds left. And it pretty much destroyed my weekend and broke a lot of hearts for the kids. But yeah, that's uh, that's how that went. So what do you do for them? What do you do for College Laval? So uh, I'm uh, the offensive line coach, basically. Okay. Um, well, I hope you're ready to pony up some money for the fine that uh, you are about to receive. But I will say that I don't think I've ever seen... <laughs> I have never seen a PI call on a run play, but I'll take your I'll take your word for it that it was actually called against you. Uh, Al Bradbury called and said that's a terrible call. Uh, <laughs> okay, so let's get into the game. The Montreal Alouettes uh, win at home, twenty eight to fourteen over the Winnipeg Blue Bombers, who didn't travel. Uh, everybody, guys. So before we get into the hardcore analysis uh, of this game, uh, Jeffrey. Dad and I were in the seats. Mike, you obviously had the playoff game, so you weren't there. So you caught the game on PBR. So I'm curious uh, to get everybody's thoughts. We all had a different perspective. Uh, but again, the Owls win 28-14. And uh, it means that the final game of the season, Friday night against Ottawa, is going to be uh, meaningful. Uh, they need to win, and Hamilton needs to lose to Saskatchewan. Uh, if those two things happen, then Montreal hosts the East semifinal against Hamilton the following week. Um, so, guys, why don't we go with our game balls before we get into the analysis? Uh, Dad, I'll start with you. Where do you want to go uh, game ball-wise? Gino Lewis. Yeah. He played uh, played a heck of a game. Um, he, um, he made those two uh, amazing TD catches uh, in the end. In, well, in, 
he made those two amazing TD catches, one on each side of, uh, of the end zone. Um, perfectly thrown balls by uh, Trevor Harris, but um, based on what I've read and what I saw on uh, Saturday, his route running was uh, incredible. Um, he made the catches, and he uh, he also uh, impersonated a quarterback and threw that um, <laughs> that 30, 35 yard pass to to Quan Bray, which was uh, was something to see. And uh, no, uh, all around played a played a great game. It's unfortunate that he dropped that one ball that would have added about yeah. 30, 35 yards to his uh, to his stats. That's a ball he should have caught. But uh, all in all, uh, he played a great game, and I give my game ball to Gino. Yeah, hard to uh, hard to argue with that one. I think he's the leader in the clubhouse. Mike, where do you want to go with this? Uh, Gino's an excellent pick, but I think I have to give it to the special teams, Mickey Donovan. And the special teams and his whole unit, I think they played excellent. I think uh, they had no penalties for like the first time in a long time. So there's that. Uh, Martise Jackson, just electric as usual. He had that big punt return. Um, also, and on the punts, uh, I know Cooper for Winnipeg had a really tough, tough game. But uh, they were filling those really well. I mean, Dequa had some big plays. Big shout out to Dequa, kid from our backyard. Uh, he had some big uh, tackles. He had some big uh, stops. He had that deflection too. I think in the third quarter, uh, that was pretty big off uh, off of a McGuire pass. That was really good. So yeah, I mean, you have to give it to the special teams. Surprise, surprise! A former Montmorency nomad giving love <laughs> to another former Montmorency uh, yes, nomad. Um, you also played for Mickey Donovan, didn't you? I did. I did play okay. both. Uh, yeah, for two years, I think before he left. Okay, a little biased in that one, but I'll accept it because I think you're right. Uh, just to clean it up, though, Mike, I think it was one penalty on special teams. It was a five-yard no Could yards, be. but you're yeah, right. I mean, it was, you know, okay. it was essentially nothing. The, the, uh, you've got – who's got who's got the stats? Who's I got the, the stats? stats uh, okay, you've got stats. Uh, Cooper and I believe – who was it? Was it McKnight? No, McKnight, I think it was. Uh, McKnight was a was – it, was it a punt or a kickoff? It was a kickoff the, at the end. Yeah. All right, but when you look at the uh, – when you look at the uh, – Punts, if, if I'm not mistaken, Cooper averaged under three yards of return, which is 2. just 2.4 yards. Incredible. Yeah. That is yeah. incredible. In the CFL, too. He was, yeah. he was fighting it, though. I mean, that was as rough a night of a, for a returner as I've seen in a while. Obviously, Janarian mm-hmm. Grant, their starting uh, returner, was arrested for this game. Uh, but, uh, yeah, Cooper was really, really fighting it. Uh, Jeff, where mm-hmm. do you want to go game ball? Um, Mikey's, I think, definitely trying to get a promotion from this Collège Laval job. After uh, Mikey, yeah, he's definitely trying to get a promotion from this Collège Laval job, and uh, giving some Mickey Donovan some love with that one. So uh, I'll go with that. I'll follow my dad one more time. Back to back weeks, I tried to think of somebody on defense, but the pinpoint one guy was tough, in my opinion. So uh, Gino Lewis, one touchdown catch was just better than the next one, and. Uh, I think in the second half after that pass, did he have more passing yards than uh, Maguire? Yeah, after the completion, he had 35, <laughs> uh, and Maguire had 31. But then the next drive, Maguire had two long passes. One, Greg Reed fell, Greg Reed fell, and so he passed them. But when Gino Lewis completed that pass, he technically had more – not technically, he did have more yards passing than uh, Sean Maguire at that point. Yep. It was 35-31. Yeah. Yep. There you go. So, uh, what more could you ask from your uh, star wide receiver? Is he still leading the league in receiving? Uh, he got so. passed. Oh, uh, yeah, I think he got passed after a lap. One other last one to go. Gino was that last week. There was a whole 
Rose versus him. They were on TSN. They love to uh, talk up. Uh, they were talking up Rose a lot in that matchup, and I think uh, Gino kind of had a nice little statement game to show that he uh, he still got some. Yeah, yep. Lewis uh, got passed by uh, Kenny Lawler in Winnipeg. So Lawler has nine seventy three. Lewis is at nine sixty four. But Lewis actually played one more game than uh, than Lawler did. Uh, so uh, yes, but Gino leads the league in, or he's tied with Winicky now for receiving touchdowns. And I'll give uh, a nice so, little special shout out to a little Willie Stanback for crossing a thousand yards. That's uh, my uh, wrapping up. Yeah, that was two games ago, but yeah, yeah, uh, I know. But they announced it yesterday. Oh, yesterday at the game. So yeah, you know what? Let me give him a nice little shout out. Fair, fair. Uh, I'm gonna go with somebody on defense, and look, uh, you can uh, you can definitely pick you know a number of players. But uh, I think Mikey and I were talking about this uh, by text message. I thought the Najee Murray interception changed the game. So just to be different from you guys, I'll uh, I'll go ahead and give it to Najee Murray. But like with a nod to the entire defense, Saki had an interception. They had three guys uh, with picks in the secondary, and uh, even I mean Patrick Levels on the play that uh, the the ball that Murray picked off, he was yeah. right in McGuire's face, and it really yeah. forced a bad throw. It forced the McGuire to kind of rush through. Uh, so I'll give it to Najee Murray, but it's kind of just like a tip of the cap to uh, to everybody on defense. Um, all right, let's a team had four picks. I was sometimes you kind of see a guy have two in a game, but it was was it four different guys in the end? Was that what it was? It was four different guys. Yep. Yeah, it yeah. was uh, it was Najee Murray. Chris Aki had one. Uh, Greg Reed and uh, Ahmad Thomas had one, and Greg Reed had one. So two were by the linebackers and uh, two by the secondary. So and I'm he, just uh, yeah. He basically threw like three interceptions almost in a row there. If uh, that well, because they overturned the money hunter one. So yeah, and then he threw crazy. the next one. It's true, yeah. right? To yeah. uh, Raki after. I don't remember. Yeah, yeah, it was. It was. Uh, yeah, Dad. I'll say this. Uh, I think Zach Kalaros clinched the uh, MOP on. Uh, on Saturday, and he didn't even dress because that Winnipeg offense without Caleros, <laughs> and I know they didn't have Harris either, but the Winnipeg offense without Caleros looks, uh, I mean, that was brutal. You and I were uh, saying on uh, Saturday that um, the Alouettes backup situation or the Alouettes backup quarterbacks, we have, we have uh, uh, better backups to Trevor Harris at the moment than the Winnipeg Blue Bombers do to Zach Kalaros. If Kalaros gets hurt in the West final, they're in big trouble. Yeah. Yeah, I'm with you. I, 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 that's what I'm saying. I think he locked up the, the MOP for the year because uh, mm-hmm. – he, and it's a good thing he stayed healthy because we know Kalaros has been injured quite a bit throughout his career. So the fact that he was able to stay on the field obviously did uh, the Bombers some good. And, and I know a lot of people – there were some Bomber fans uh, coming at me because I said that it was a good win for the Owls. Uh, it was a sloppy game. It rained most of the time. It was cold. I know the offense wasn't necessarily firing on all cylinders. They had some real positive drives, uh, Jeff. But I felt like, you know, people are underestimating the fact that Montreal's on their third quarterback, whether it's a veteran or not. It's still a guy who came in mid-year, not even mid-year, after mid-year. Third quarterback, B.J. Cunningham's hurt. It's another combination along the offensive line. The ratio didn't only force them to change things up on the offensive line. It also had them take out Michael Wakefield, who's been an important defensive lineman for them. They just couldn't fit him into the ratio. So they're, they, you know, they're missing guys. Montreal's missing guys on their own too. So it's not like, uh, it's not like Winnipeg was the only one missing players here. 
Yeah, I was telling that after we had dropped you off. It was like uh, the first headline I'd seen after the game was Alouette's B, B team of the Bombers. And yeah. we kind of, if you want to break it down, like you said, I think are the Alouettes on their B or C team? What you want to know? Like really, Harris wasn't hasn't been with the team for what month? Yeah. Is it a month? Is it even been a month yet? So you got the the third quarterback, if you want to say, like you said, uh, I think they took out Stanback towards the end, and Antwi was still running well. Yeah, O line has just been a disaster. You're losing Cunningham. Yeah, you're out. You're out of Cunningham. So, yeah, I guess it's easy to say that Winnipeg threw out their B team because uh, they want to make themselves feel better that they suffered a loss or whatnot. But I think you could have make an argument, solid one, that it was B versus B. So, yeah, yeah. I don't know if it was quite B for the Owls. Winnipeg was down, I think, uh, three guys in the secondary, two guys on the yeah, defensive line, a couple guys on the offensive line. Whatever, I get it. And the kick returner too. If all those. But how many play- times in the CFL have we seen a team with their backup quarterback? actually like do something or win a lot of games it happens it does calgary stampeders game two of the year (laughs) yeah no i understand what what i'm saying is i'm I'm trying to give a little thumbs up to the the alouettes by how they're on their third quarterback of the season like second and third quarterback of the season you're still putting together good wins agreed a hundred percent but uh no excuse honestly for i think what like mcguire i don't think there's you could lose the game, Winnipeg, but from the performance that McGuire put up, I think there's not really an excuse. Besides that one drive where they scored on two plays, I think it was. Yeah. The rest of it was just a disaster. Yeah, the first the series of the game was off a fumble on special teams. Yeah, and they so, just ran every single ball. I yeah, know. whatever. I, I, I'm Look, the Bomber defense has – and I told – there's a fan in particular that I, I interact with often on Twitter, and I told him, like, the Bomber defense is nothing to be ashamed of. With all the guys they took out, Kongbo played well. Uh, Jefferson made plays too. I mean, Big Hill played most of the game. The secondary did okay. But, you know, the offense just it didn't do anything. Uh, Mike, I know you sent us in our uh, our family group chat here, you sent us like uh, 74 pages of uh, your game <laughs> notes. And uh, I'm not going to lie to you, I didn't read them all. But there's something that we talked about during the game. And we kind of, I don't know if we mentioned it last week or not, but I know it was one of the things uh, that we wanted to mention, and, and you played offensive line, so I'm curious to get your take on it, and you wrote about it. So uh, I want to ask you about this, and then we can all follow up, uh, Dad and Jeff too. Uh, but we had pointed this out weeks ago from, I feel like, the Argo game here in Montreal that the Owls won easily. Right. There were, it seemingly in every game, there seemed to be an, Al, uh, 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 an opponent's defender that was reading the snap count, and it looked like they were jumping offside a lot. I still think that some of those should have been called offside, uh, but it was clear that the snap count maybe was a little bit predictable, and teams were jumping in. Uh, and we had made a we mentioned that uh, during the game, just watching from the stands, that it seemed like the Owls were mixing up the snap count a bit. Did you see that on TV? Yeah, they definitely were. They were mixing up a lot. You actually hear a bit because uh, McGill when. Uh, the outlets are on offense. Uh, they're pretty good at staying quiet, so that's good. We heard a bit of the of the uh, the cadence there, but they were running some delays. So after the hut, he waited like a second, then he snapped. Yeah. Uh, we saw on uh, multiple huts, so two huts, three huts. We also saw maybe a quick snap here and there. So they were mixing it up, and you saw it actually work a couple of times uh, where uh, the Blue Mars went offside. Congo was second sack, was offside though, and they didn't call it. Yeah, he was. Uh, I froze it frame by frame calendar i'm not gonna blame you on that one because he was a step offside refs missed it it's fine but uh fine, also okay. didn't call the the offside i think it was really jefferson after he hit trevor harris that's actually really dangerous they should, they should call the play dead there uh, i think it was him, I, I think it was patterson no he did hit him 
Remember, him. Patterson yeah, he dropped did. back the pass, and he was clearly oh, offside, yes. and they didn't blow the play dead. And then he got and hit. And, and he got hit. Like, he, he eased up on him, but he still got hit. That's the dangerous. They have to call that. Yeah, yeah. call that dead, 100%. But you noticed yeah, that, yeah. right, Mike? Yeah, 100%. Yeah, yeah. And they did change the cadence. Uh, I think I think it worked. Uh, they just got to keep it up, keep it fresh. Uh, they can't always go on the same count. You saw it earlier, like you said, the last few weeks. Uh, defensive linemen, they're not they're not dumb, right? Yeah. So uh, they catch up, they catch on quick, and they they want those sacks. They want those money plays. Yeah, that we talked about it too, right? Like it was pretty obvious that they had mixed it up, but it's still. I think it, we, you, me, and Jeff were talking about it during the game too. Like it still looked like Jefferson and Kongbo were offside a bunch, and Mike said he freeze frame it. So uh, he I agree with Mikey. Yeah. yeah, especially mm-hmm. on that second one, it was hundred percent offside. Yeah. The only thing I'm wondering, guys, and I'd have to see it play by play, but are the ends lining up maybe a yard and a half off so that they could get like a little jump start on their thing? So maybe that's the only thing I'm kind of wondering, and I'd have to go a bit more in depth and look at it. But that's the only other thing I'm wondering. I mean, maybe you're already off, a yard away, right? up a yard and a half. Yeah. So that, so that if they're jumping a little early, they're you already have an extra little bit of momentum instead of start, starting at a standstill. But hey, maybe we'll have to dig a little deeper. Dad, I'm curious what you thought of uh, of Trevor Harris in uh, in the game. Like, to you, does he look more comfortable? I think there was moments where he looked more comfortable, but I, uh, there's still like the offense is still a little bit of a question mark for me. The numbers weren't great, but he did he did what quarterbacks need to do. Um, he protected the ball, uh, didn't throw any picks. Um, does he hang on to the ball a little too long at times? Uh, yes, they were showing a stat on on TV that I that I saw. Um, Vernon played eight games. Vernon Adams played eight games. I think he was uh, sacked, I believe, fourteen times. Uh-huh. Um, uh, Schiltz was sacked uh, a handful of times, and Trevor Harris is already up to nine now. In all fairness to Trevor Harris, in all fairness to Trevor Harris, you know, he, he's played uh, a couple of games with a banged up offensive line. And against right? Winnipeg. And against Winnipeg. Yeah. Yeah. So, so yeah, you know, but... the, those, the, those the, the only thing is, the only thing is there are certain plays that I've noticed, but it's, he, he's just not that type of a quarterback. There are plays that are designed for guys like Adams and Schiltz that I don't think Harris can pull off. So those ended up in sacks so so what do they have to what do they have to change what does he have to do differently i know that uh, uh pierre vercheval uh, called him out on one of the last drives where winicky was wide open and he just didn't see him he, he just didn't see him it would have been a touchdown for for winicky had uh, had harris picked him up but Look, he's he's doing the job. It's it's, it's what uh, Jeff was saying. It's about a month. He's here. He had to quarantine for a week. He's got uh, you know he's got three weeks worth of practice under his belt. He's becoming familiar with the with the offensive plays. Um, uh, look, I, this is this is Trevor Harris. This is the type of of uh, football that we're used to seeing from Trevor Harris, and it's only going to get better from you know from uh, next week on he's going to keep improving every week and uh, i think i think we're uh, i think we're in a good position i'm curious to see if uh, if vernon's going to be ready to go come uh, 
semifinal oh. time. I don't think so. And he, he, he was still in a sling on. Uh, he's still Saturday. in a sling, guys. Eh? So yeah, okay, yeah, so then. So I guess up. I yeah. guess I guess this season's done. Then. Pretty so, sure. Uh, yeah. But but look, to Harris uh, Harris is doing uh, what Harris is supposed to do, and uh, not turning over the ball is a is huge in my opinion and uh, i love that uh, 15 play 10 minute drive yeah, like, uh, yeah. yeah. that was a, that was a, that was just a, a joy to watch and uh, look i hope he can string more of those uh, type of drives so e on that drive and if if mike jeff if you guys want to talk about harris you guys go for it but i, I want to go to somebody else here on that drive that uh, Dad's talking about, the 10-minute the one, he had a big 16-yard connection with Jake Winicky. But is, is anyone else concerned here? I'm going to go back four weeks. Uh, since he had seven catches for 114 yards and a touchdown on October the 16th against Ottawa, October 22 against Toronto, uh, zero catches. The 30th against Saskatchewan, one catch, 34 yards. Uh, in Winnipeg on November the 6th, four catches, 60 yards, and a touchdown, okay? And then last week, two catches, 20 yards with a long of 16. Like, is, is anyone else worried? Like, is he banged up? Is Because I thought it's, Cunningham uh, out, uh, I thought there would be more opportunity for uh, a guy like him. But instead, it seems like – I know he doesn't have the yardage, but it seems like Reggie White's getting the yeah, ball more. Yeah. Uh, you could see it definitely. Reggie White Jr.'s numbers are going up and up. He just had seven targets today and I, I, I'm not sure how many targets he had last week against Winnipeg but uh, you see that Quan Bray is getting targeted more Reggie White too he might just be falling behind uh, those guys maybe Trevor Harris just sees the field more towards those receivers I, ro- I rolled down those same four those same four numbers and what did you say you had against Toronto the big game zero uh, sorry, the one before that, not oh, Toronto. Ottawa, he had seven for 114 and a touchdown. It's funny because his last five games, that's what he has, seven and 114 for one touchdown combined. So Jeez. what he did in that one game, he has that in his last four. Yeah. So uh, never, yeah, more than four, never more than four targets in a game, which is a little bit surprising and, uh, when you see, like Mikey mentioned, Reggie White said seven, you know. I think maybe just him and Arizona under the same page. Him and I know Winicky and Vernon seem to have maybe a little more chemistry, something they could definitely got to work on because Winicky in the red zone is huge. I know. I know whites look good, and I think he has touchdowns. And is it back to back or two in the last three, Reggie? Now, back to back, both in both in Winnipeg, both against. Yeah, Winnipeg. there you go. So you got touchdowns back to game. White looks good, and uh, yeah, I'm concerned about Winnipeg. And the only other thing I'm uh, not as concerned about, but I'm just wondering if the short passing attack was a opponent specific game plan. Was it tied to the opponent and the O line? or is this really what we're going to see the rest of the season with Trevor Harris at quarterback? So that's really what I want to see against Ottawa. What does uh, Coach Jones have in store for uh, the passing attack? Because I definitely think he has to get one to keep going heading into the playoffs, 100%. See, the interesting thing to me is that maybe you want to expand on this. Maybe you agree, maybe you disagree. But um, with Trevor Harris, it just seems like when he's at his best, it's a lot of quick, short passes, and he kind of gets into a rhythm. And then when mm-hmm. he gets into that rhythm, he's tough to stop. But it's tough to run the ball often enough while trying to get your short passing game and your quarterback, that type of quarterback going. So even for me, like I thought early on in the game, they didn't run the ball a ton. There wasn't much there anyway. I think uh, stand back average less than four yards a carry. But for me, like that's how I'm curious to see, like when the owls are going, we know the run game works, but to get Trevor Harris going, he has to complete a lot of power. Like he just needs to string a lot of completions in a row, it seems. So I don't know how you balance those two, but you don't also don't have a ton of time to figure it out. 
they um, <clears throat> they were saying on uh, they they were saying in regards to the uh, the type of offense that they uh, displayed on uh, Saturday that it was it was very balanced. If I'm not mistaken, it was twenty six. Uh, passing plays and 29 run plays. Um, the only thing is, yeah, uh, right. Winnipeg Winnipeg seemed to adjust its defense uh, to stand back uh, more. And um, there there are certain plays that Vernon Adams uh, pulls off uh, where he might fake the handoff to uh, to stand back and take off with the ball that the Winnipeg defense, I guess, figured Harris can't pull off. Right. So they, they seem to have adjusted the, to, to stand back and limited the number of yards he, uh, he obtained on Saturday. But um, look, uh, again, uh, you know, and I hate to repeat myself, but this is the type of quarterback that Trevor Harris yeah. is... Uh, can he can he throw uh, can he throw the deep ball? Absolutely. Uh, would we like to see him throw a deep ball more often? Absolutely. Uh, but he's uh, he, he's that short pass play uh, type of uh, type of QB. And uh, I think you, it's you're three right. Games in a row. Sorry to cut you off a little there. That, no, no, that, it's okay. It's okay. That we play, we get Saskatchewan, and then we get Winnipeg back to back. Mm-hmm. And Saskatchewan and those and Winnipeg, they have those tall, lanky corners and DBs. Yeah, those DBs. Hard to go yeah. over the top. It's hard to go over the top. So I honestly think it's game specific. And Kari's never been scared in the past. I think of Vernon. He used to throw. He used to throw the ball deep quite a bit. So I'm gonna see against Ottawa. This is like this is where I think you're, you're gonna we're gonna understand fully if it's gonna be the short passing attack moving forward with Trevor Harris 100 or if it's going to be opened up a little bit because we know Vernon when we went to Ottawa earlier this year Vernon was hitting them all over the field so I want yeah. to see what Trevor could do yeah and uh, you're right that it was uh, 26 and 29 but uh, seven seven of those rush attempts were uh, Shea Patterson quarterback sneaks okay uh, right. and that is the ultimate, heart attack a few times that's the ultimate CFL stat line seven carries eight yards. Uh, a long of three. He's averaging 1.1 yards a carry on the quarterback sneaks. Uh, Mike, did you? You said that he was clutch. I thought. I think I read in your notes, but he kind of <laughs> he kind of made me nervous a little bit on this. No, he did. He looked super confident. Uh, there was that. I think it was the first or second short yardage one where it was really long. It was a really long yard yet to get. I thought he. I thought he came out really clutch, and he had. I think he had one for three yards. He almost took to the house. He fell there. He slipped, and he thought he was going to get a bit more than yeah. that. And he got mad at himself. I thought he did really well. I think he had a lot of uh, those short yardages this game, and he and he got all of them. So that's why I put clutch. I mean, he didn't look sure. It was one of them where um, he bumped into. Uh, the butt of one of his centers or guards and he backed up and he got tackled from behind. Uh, good thing that we still got that one right after, but uh, yeah, or else I thought he did pretty well in those short yardages. So with, uh, yeah, with his terrible. last one, I'm sorry, Joe, no, no, with, no, his go, last, go, go. With, with his last one, um, he was, uh, he showed a lot more uh, assertiveness where mm-hmm. he took the ball uh, went towards the right side of his line mm-hmm. and uh, gained those two, three yards off the uh, off the sneak, and he he was a lot more determined. There's a determined is the word I was looking I for, uh, and uh, you know he looked he looked okay on the last one. On the last one, he looked okay. Yeah, I, I agree with you. I actually I noticed that too. He looked a lot more confident. I guess 
you know, once you're, I think he had a couple last week, those were his first two. And so uh, it's, it's wet, it's cold. You're not necessarily used to doing these. You only had two under your belt coming into this game. So I guess once you get to five, six, seven sneaks uh, in a game, you get uh, more and more com- confident and comfortable. But listen, I'll say this uh, about Shea Patterson. The thing that kind of has me feeling good about him is that uh, the Owls have rolled through a lot of practice roster and third string quarterbacks this year, and they've cut a bunch of guys and they seem to have kept him for quite a while. I know they jumped into some injury trouble, uh, but I don't think they're keeping guys around who they feel has backup upside. So maybe, you know, I mean, maybe nothing becomes of this guy, but um, I'm curious to see like going into training camp next year, if he's around, like I'm curious to see uh, what he looks like Uh, on the old line guys. It looks like this is the week that the starting center, Sean Jamison comes off the six game injured list. Uh, we'll find out if uh, if Philip Gagnon is ready to play. Uh, if it's not this week, I think Danny Machocha was telling us on the radio on uh, 690 that it might be that he should be ready uh, for the playoff game. So uh, it looks like the offensive line is getting healthier. Uh, Mike, uh, I know you like it's sometimes it's hard to tell how good or bad a guy is when you're in the stadium. Uh, but I'm curious, like, what you made of the changes with Calendar going to right tackle, Rice going to right guard, and Foucault going to left guard. Like, what did you think of uh, Calendar watching the game back on PBR? Uh, I, th- I thought he had a pretty good game. I'd give him a B plus. Uh, obviously, he let uh, that sack that I thought Congo was offside on. But uh, I think he had a pretty good game at right tackle. wasn't extraordinary. I didn't even notice Rice at right guard. So, uh, I mean, that's a good thing. That's good. <laughs> so, that's a good thing. <laughs> Tony Washington, though, yeah, he had a hard time. He, again, this game, he had a couple plays where uh, he just got beat simply one-on-one. And uh, I'm pretty sure he's injured, like I've been saying for the past couple of weeks. But um, overall, I think the offensive line played pretty good. Foucault had a couple of good run blocks too. I think he's a lot better suited to play guard in this league than tackle uh, that we've seen in the past couple of years. So I think that's any league. Yeah, and that's not any just, league. Not just this one. Yeah, not just this one. But yeah, so uh, overall, I think the old line played pretty well. It is the B squad with Willie Jefferson though, so uh, of Winnipeg. But I think they played pretty well. Yeah, and so again, we'll see. We'll see what ends up happening with the uh, with the offensive line uh, going forward. But it's just, it's a shame that. Well, it's a shame. I mean, it's a shame. Yes and no, uh, Jeff. But I think Mikey hit the nail on the head with Tony Washington. Just he was playing at such a high level, and then there just there there was a couple weeks where he wasn't practicing, and he would play anyway, which is kind of rare in the CFL. But uh, Slugger, the backup tackle, is injured. He's on the six-game injured list. And I really feel like if Slugger was healthy, they'd be comfortable putting him in there and giving Tony Washington a break. But uh, this game means something now. And I know it's unlikely with Saskatchewan clinching second place that they're going to go into uh, Hamilton on, on Saturday afternoon and win. But if you're Montreal, the timing of the game on Friday night, you've got to give yourself at least a chance in second place. So, again, everybody's got to play. You can't really rest any of your starters unless they physically can't go. Yeah, I'd have to think uh, that if Ham- if Montreal was playing after this Hamilton Saskatchewan game and second place was out of, was out of reach, then I think Tony would get a nice little break here. Yeah. But it is what it is. I think uh, you got to let us you fire everybody up, you hope for the best, and uh, see what happens. I'm really rooting for them. I really, I, I really think they deserve it. To be honest, second place, a nice game in front of the fans would be nice to see. And uh, we'll see what happens. I think this old line it's kind of getting healthy at the right time, so we'll see. Uh, Hopefully it keeps going in the positive mm-hmm. direction, and we like to, and uh, 
we can keep it going because I think uh, the old line's key to keeping standback rolling. So uh, let's yeah. hope that goes. If I could yeah. turn this around on you guys, ask you guys a question. Sure. The last few weeks we've been talking up the defense since we started anyway. And over the last two weeks, we got one sack in two games. You guys concerned at all about that or not? Uh, I'll go, I'll go yeah. first. Go I'll go first. No, no. And, and um, coach uh, Miles called a heck of a game on Saturday. He, um, uh, they, they got no sacks against, uh, against Winnipeg this Saturday. But they confused the heck out of Maguire, yep. and uh, hence those. Uh, you know, they they did get pressure on him. They they were buzzing around him, but they they I think they threw different schemes out at uh, at Maguire, and he was just lost. Hence the four close to five interceptions that he uh, that he threw. So but that goes further to my point that if, if you have him confused, that's a guy holding onto the ball longer and you still couldn't get him. That's, that's like, I, I know on the Najee Murray one, there was someone in his, in his lap, yeah. and, but they still couldn't get him. And it's not like he danced around and made a few guys miss in the backfield either. I know he ran a couple of times, but I don't know. I'm not concerned. I still like Menard. I still like Usher. I still like Davis. Hopefully they can get Wakefield in there somehow with the ratio going. Cause I know he's able to get pressure from the inside, but. I, I it's always going to be tough to see against Ottawa because Ottawa's been. In, I think what did we get ten sacks against them last time. Yeah. Yes. Well, hopefully they can build some uh, momentum against Ottawa, and uh, I don't know about what Joey and Mike. Are are they are they still leading the the league in sacks or their second? I believe I, I, I think they were neck neck and neck with Winnipeg. I'm not uh, sure. I'm not, uh, I'm not, I haven't seen that stat as of late. I'm. I'm I know there's a couple times we noticed during the game that that they went with uh, with four linebackers. They had Watson and Thomas mm-hmm. in the game playing inside. So uh, I, I don't know. I think I think Dad's on to something though. I think with Winnipeg, you're trying to maybe mix up the the coverages a little bit. So I'm not I'm not overly concerned. Like I noticed that Menard, uh, it's back to back games without a sack. But I'm not again. Like I'm not. I don't know. I'm not overly. I'm not overly concerned about that just yet. Just only because they've found a way to get pressure all season long. And I don't think that changes in two games where, you know, I, I don't know, maybe you're mixing up the game plan. Cause again, we haven't seen them play Winnipeg all year. So there's clearly something they saw on tape. And it's not to say Jeff, that they're not trying to get pressure on the quarterback. I'm sure if they, if they had their way, they'd want quarterback sacks, but I'm just, I don't think, I don't think that they're, I don't think that they have reason to be concerned. Mike. Also that offensive line for Winnipeg. I was pretty impressed. You know, I think they sat a guy. Or they yeah, sat they one. sat Stanley Bryant at the yeah. left tackle. But they played really well. I mean, I did see a lot of holding, especially near the end of the game on that, especially <laughs> on that Ahmad Thomas interception. I think it was Jamal Davis. He was basically being held the whole time, not, yeah. not to get at McGuire. Uh, but they did play pretty well. They picked up the blitzes really well. I know Oliveira and Augustine did a good job picking up and also helping out there. So, I mean, it's it's a tough matchup. That, that offensive line is really good, too, so. You know what? If you're an Alouettes fan and you're looking to get an obscure, like I don't want to say obscure, but a jersey with a guy's number, you don't want to follow the Vernon Adams people. Menard, I think, is a great guy to get on the back of back of your jersey. I don't know why. I just <laughs> love the guy. He's over I thirty. I really like him too. He's, I, every he's over time 30. I see him, oh, unless I'm forgetting somebody, and I'm gonna feel like an idiot. You guys throw out a few names here. When was the last time there was a great Canadian pass rusher? 
Wow. That's a uh, good like, question. Uh, pass rusher. Pass on the outer, even across the league, I'm trying to think. Oh, D lineman who's oh, uh, there was uh, Brent, there. Brent Johnson, Joey. Brent Johnson, yeah, was true. Brent Brent Johnson was yeah. good, and uh, but look, he uh, has impressed me for a guy that was relatively. Yeah, unknown. he is. His his motor is a hundred miles an hour. But it's not only he, the motor; like he has a strong motor, and he has some good moves too. That's at first yeah, I thought does. he was more of a Gabe Napton guy who never quit. But I kind of see him, and he's gotten to buy guys with some speed moves and a little yep. bit, of, a little bit of that. So it's you know, yeah. like he's more than just a, he's more okay, uh, yeah. So that's all I'm saying. If you're looking for an Alouettes jersey, maybe Bernard. What did he sign? Jeez. A one-year deal? Did he sign a one-year deal? Uh, I'm not sure, but he. I don't oh, think they uh, re-signed him during the pandemic. But he's over 30 but, years old, so like the anyways, he's uh, doesn't he's matter. Get him. I'd all probably right, get a Patterson back. jersey for being so clutch on those short yards. Yeah, Shea Patterson jersey. Why not? <laughs> Uh, okay, guys, we have uh, two minutes to go here before the end of the podcast. So, um, okay, let's go around the room. Yes or no, Alouettes host the East semifinal in a couple of weeks. Jeff? Yes, yeah, Saskatchewan pulls off the upset. Wow. Who's, okay. the, who's the backup? Who's, the, who's like a backup quarterback? Uh, I don't even know. Hankerson or whatever his name is? I think I think Hamilton chokes, to be honest. They did not look good against Toronto at all. And we're going to have a lot of pressure on them to be better. And uh, who knows what Saskatchewan could do. Sometimes, like I said, those rookie guys could come in and just do something. So I'm He's hoping to though. Isaac well, Harker yeah. is his name. Well, I like his name, so I'm going to go with an upset W. Okay, Mike, quick. Uh, I'm an optimist, so I think Saskatchewan is going to go to Hamilton in Hamilton and beat them. And uh, Dallas is going to beat the Red Blacks. So, yes, I, I think there's going to be a home game in the playoffs. Dad, I'm going to beat I'm Glass is always half full, Joey. <laughs> uh, I think, uh, you know, I think so, too. Um, the uh, the riders will go into the hammer and upset the okay. uh, the tiger cats. So right. we host that we host the semifinal. I'm gonna say no. I'm gonna say that the Owls win, but I'm gonna say the tiger cats win as well. Guys, it was fun. Have a good week. And are we all at the stadium on Friday? No. I'll be there. I am. Okay, I am. Je- I think Jeffrey's out uh, this week. I am out. I'll week. have to catch it on the replay. Thank you very much, guys. It was fun as always. Have a good week, everybody. Taking on the Ottawa Red Blacks in the regular season finale on Friday night at Molson Stadium. Peace. Peace.